Hola y bienvenidos a Deuces Wild Daily Hustle. Soy Enrique Barnes y presidente de esa mejor cerveza. No abate por No Filter Network. Will the Thrill Clark not with us this morning, although he was with us in rare form last night e miguelito sandiga guito aka bobby barrels from the savannah bananas second base coach extraordinaire not with us this morning as well but each and every single morning you guys know what we do we come on here and we salute our boys properly yes 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 Woo! Remember this, folks, when we are useful. No, wait, hold on a second. Let me get this straight. When we are juiceful, we are useful. And when we are juiceless, we are fucking useless. It is as simple as that. Let's not forget our title sponsor here which is bet online that's right it is your number one online betting destination with the holiday season off and running the nfl is in full stride the nba and nhl are hitting mid-season form bet online is your number one destination for all of your sports wagering info up to the minute News, odds, trends, predictions, and a whole lot more. And not just the big four. Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played, from MMA to international soccer. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BLEEB, capital B L. E A V. That's right. Bet online where the game starts. Also, don't forget about our proud partners over at KT Tape. That's right. There's the QR code in the upper left hand corner of my screen, right hand corner of your screen. Get yourself some of the pro oxygen tape by hitting the QR code. And as I tell you each and every single morning, I am not a doctor, not a scientist, nor did I stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. But I can tell you through experience, this shit works. When you apply the tape, it lifts the skin and promotes blood flow to the area, thus reducing inflammation and pains associated with it. KT Tape, deflaming muscles since its creation. And lastly, to focus for the show, I got this shot of... Verge Greatness. Go to tryverge.com, ask for my guy, Jory, and he'll tell you all about the lemon, cannabis, ginger shot. Hold tight, because I got to get a freshie. This stuff is incredible. It really is. I have multiple Verge shots a day. Usually... One right now is my first one. And then I'll have one later in the day before I hit the pickleball courts. And it just gives me that kind of like when I used to take a shot of whiskey before I'd go out and play baseball. And I did do that. I didn't do it till later in my career. But it takes the edge off. And think about this verge shot is like taking the edge off but also letting you feel the air pass through your nostrils and feeling the moment. What are you on the verge of? So good. Mm. Very soothing on the throat too. So for somebody who talks for a living, it is definitely... A must have. Okay, this morning's 
Daily Hustle email, electronic communication that went out to the thousands of thousands of thousands of people just a few minutes ago. Buenos dias. Today is Wooden Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. And on this day, 220 years ago, the Louisiana Purchase was completed with the official sale of 828,000 square miles of land west of the Mississippi River by France to the United States. Total cost was $15 million back then, which would equate to roughly $342 million in today's money. What a fucking deal. I'm serious about this. The Louisiana Purchase... Look at how much land was involved. It covers nearly a third of the entire United States. So, onward and upward here. Daily Hustle quote of the day. Failure is not fatal, but failure to change might be. John Wood. Daily Hustle translation. With, we all, excuse me, we all will fail in life. And the absolute greatest reward we will receive from our failure is the gift to change. Change can often be difficult, but it is also imperative if we have the desire to continue to grow. Even when we seem to be on top of our game, we must consistently be looking for ways to improve as a father husband, tech founder, broadcaster, writer, baseball player, endurance athlete, youth coach, and aspiring pickleballer, I can assure you that yes, not all change is progress, but there certainly is zero progress without change. On that note, let's make sure we remain lifelong learners who are not afraid to explore new ways and new trades. Fail fast, fail forward, adjust quickly, and no matter how great or how bleak things may seem, stay humble, remain fluid, and just keep fucking charging. See ya, EB. Okay, I want to share with you guys right now, this is a pretty big moment in the history of of the daily hustle so here's the email this morning and at the bottom of the email it says click pick below to order your brand new daily hustle coffee mug there it is who can live without that not me i mean look at that bad boy just 1995. That's it. I had no idea that we were even selling these. And I was on the tread this morning and writing the thing, whatever. And so I grabbed the link to ericburns.com and I just quickly scrolled up. And along with the DH222 unfiltered life guidance from a human crash test dummy, as well as the effort list. And the, what was it? The foot reflexology board. All of a sudden we had a fourth item that I had no fucking clue about. No idea. I knew I've had, I've seen the mug. I don't have the mug. I don't know where the mug is. But Tara had made these mugs and apparently put it up on the site. That is just awesome. And I'm telling you this because Look, in my life, I truly believe that I'm really good at immersing myself in moments of time. So when I get up in the morning, I have my routine and I go stand on the footboard and, you know, make the coffee and then go downstairs and get on the treadmill. And from there, the first couple hours of the day are spent hiking and jogging on the tread, riding the DH, trying to figure out what I'm going to talk about when I come on here with the daily hustle. And then at that point I come up here afterwards, might have breakfast in between 
do the DH. This then gets uploaded to all the various platforms. By the way, if you're listening on Apple and Spotify and you want to join us live on No Filter Network, we're here Monday through Friday in that 8 to 10 o'clock range. Just look for the schedule. I'm almost always late, but whenever I schedule the stream, I need to start it within an hour of that stream. Otherwise, it's not going to work. So there's no consistent schedule. It's not fair. I think for you guys, it's, it's not fair for me to be able to have to be here at a certain time just because with three kids and getting Chloe up to school or the other two up and rolling with whatever they have going, the ski racing, all of it, the baseball schedule. It's just a lot to try to schedule at the exact same time each and every single day. But ultimately, and I told Tara this when we were talking about the Let Them Play book that is going to be released any day now, at least the first 500 copies that we're going to take the Dallas with us for the huge national trade show that they have for the coaches. I mean, it's the coolest baseball game. If you've never been, you got to go. But we rush ordered these things to get 500 done. I figured there's with all the coaches there and everything. But what this book is, is a parenting and coaching guide to youth sports. And it's just taken the tales from the dugout and the experiences that I've endured with, you know, not only growing up a kid myself and playing baseball, playing multiple sports, but then obviously playing at the collegiate and then professional level uh, along with then my experience through endurance sports, my experience managing the Savannah Bananas, my experience coaching the kids. I just felt like I had all this information that I wanted to share. And so I wrote this book. And it was really easy to write. I, I didn't, I want to make sure it was short, sweet, concise. If you look at the DH222, it's long. I mean, there's 222 chapters. Uh, if you look at the effort list, it's very similar to the DH222. This one here is, once again, it's a lot more succinct and very to the point, and it's there to be a guide. Well, when you put something together like that, it's hard. And with all the other stuff that I'm doing and my pickleball dreams, of course, being there as well, I don't have a lot of time. Well, I'm going to like tip the cap to my beautiful wife because she has taken over and been absolutely fucking fantastic when it comes to the creation of the book, the cover, all of it, and then getting the process facilitated to get this thing published and printed in a very short period of time. Well, she was the one that put the mugs up there and I had no idea. And she didn't even tell me, but that's, you need, you need people. You need people around you in life, just in general to, to help. And I know we're all control freaks in some realms, but ultimately that's, if we want to maximize our potential as human beings, we need to surround ourselves with the right team. Uh, it, it's everything. And so I'm just grateful for the team around me and not only Tara, but obviously, you know, Giuseppe, Pepe, Manuel with no filter and Henry and Leslie and all, you know, all the people that, you know, help, help enhance my life. Uh, Donati with coaching the LTP team and obviously Ryan and Donna and Aaron from, you know, last season's team. And, but you just, you surround yourself with these right people and people you trust and people you know and people you love and you put faith in them. And through doing that, well, ultimately, it just lifts everybody up and it, it makes everything as efficient and effective as possible. There's my random side rant of the day. Okay, first and foremost, as you guys know, we are a life optimization baseball podcast. 
That's right. And how the fuck we're not number one by now? Somebody tell me. I, I don't know what we got to do, but Thrill and I were talking about it. We're putting our hearts and soul in this thing. So if you could leave a review, if you could write a comment, we would greatly appreciate it. We have an updated MLB free agency big board for the top 25 players remaining. Uh, let's rip through these. I don't want to spend too much time on each guy. It would get pretty tedious. But here's 25 names, counting down 25 to 1 of the best free agents still available for your squad. Number 25, Whit Merrifield, 34 years old. Stats, 592 plate appearances, 94 OPS plus. 272, 318, 382 slash line last season with a 0.8 war. An all-star for the third time in his career in 2023. Merrifield continues to provide a nice mix of contact, speed, and defensive versatility. He is the best available option for teams still searching for a starting second baseman, but he can also fit on a variety of contenders in a super utility role. Yeah, that's about it. That's all. I'd bring him in as super utility. That'd be a nice guy. He could plug in all over the place, but I, I'm not bringing him in as a starting second baseman at this point. Number 24, Robert Stevenson. And if you were like me, you're like, who? Well, check this out. The Rays acquired Stevenson in a June trade with the Pirates. He went on to post a 2.35 ERA, 0.68 whip, which is just next level. That's walks in his printing pitch. And a one, excuse me, 14.1 Ks per nine and 42 appearances. That's the next level. I mean, this guy is a legit, legit closer potential for the 2024 season. Tim Anderson. Huh? That's right. The White Sox shortstop, 30 years old, had a 60 OPS plus and a minus two war. This is a guy that can play, though. I mean, we've seen it in the past. It says Anderson hit 318, 347, 474, over 1,600 plate appearances during his four-year span from 2019 through 2022. But he was arguably the least productive player in 2023. I mean, he had been hurt, right? Or dealing with something. I mean, listen to those numbers. Holy shit. 318, 347, 474. Those are perennial all-star numbers. Playing a solid shortstop. Yet last year, he just dropped off the table. So somebody should be taking a flyer on him. I look at a, if I'm a lower, mid to lower level market team looking for a, a shortstop, I'm going to get Tim Anderson in a heartbeat. Always bet on the guy that's got something to prove. Jordan Hicks. Right-hand pitcher number 22 when it comes to free agent ranking. Uh, let's see here. 65 games, 12 saves, 13 holds, a 3.29 ERA, 1.36 whip, 0.8 war. He throws 100. That's all you got to know. So I take that arm in my bullpen any day of the week. Michael A. Taylor. 32-year-old, had a 94 OPS plus last season for the Marlins, I believe. Uh, Taylor's one of the best defensive center fielders in baseball. 43 defensive runs saved at the position over the past three seasons. I would bring him in as a fourth outfielder if one was needed. Clayton Kershaw, number 20, 2.46 ERA, 1.06 whip. Well, you guys are fucking crazy because if healthy, Clayton Kershaw should be towards the top of this list. 3.7 war. 3.7 war. And missed a bunch of starts. So it's just a matter of staying healthy. Jock Peterson, number 19. He had a 111 OPS plus and a 0.6 war. 51 RBIs. He had 15 homers, 32 extra base hits. We all know what Jock can do. Uh, Peterson turned a 146 OBS plus to 23 homers during his 2022 season to a $19.7 million qualifying offer last season. 
but he will likely need to take a pay cut this winter. Yeah, man, but I bring him in for 15, 20 a year, not a one-year deal. I, if, I'd be more interested if I were a top-end contender. Obviously, this is a guy like the limelight. He's been there. He's done that. He's got the experience. I bring, Yeah, Jock is uh, the pride of Palo Alto and a fucking big-time player in big-time spots. Number 18, Justin Turner, 38 years old, 114 OPS, OPS plus last year, 2.1 war. Uh, there's going to be a lot of suitors for him. I mean, the last I heard it was the Diamondbacks that were all over him, and that would make sense. He hit 338, over 172 plate appearances with runners in scoring position, and remains one of the best clutch hitters in baseball. I can you'd see how Peterson and Turner are grouped together. Defensively, Turner's better, but offensively, they are pretty similar dudes obviously one from the right side and one from the left jorge soler how about this guy 36 homers last year 36 homers last year and getting not a lot of love he's got to be thinking what the fuck a 120 ops plus me is 28 percent better than league average so i have no idea what what you got to do to climb the ranks here but would you rather have Jorge Soler or Hector Neris? I mean, come on. I get it. Neris had a 1.71 ERA, but Soler is an everyday player and a game changer. Uh, I don't know. Uh, he, I think Soler should be higher. He's at 17. Neris is at 16. 15 is Mike Clevenger. He's a solid starting pitcher, has been for a long time. It's not a frontline guy, but he's a guy you could plug in at three, four, or five and be very happy. He had a 3.3 war last season and a 3.7 ERA. Reese Hoskins, this one's a little bit of a wild card because he did have, check this out, over six seasons, he averaged 36 homers and 98 RBIs per 162 games in his career. But if you look at 162 game averages, you want to make yourself feel good if you're a player? Go to your 162-game average. I would have been a fucking Hall of Famer. I would have if I was able to do it for a long time, right? Over and over and over again. I, I don't think that's the best way to look at this. They said he had a 2.9 war in the 2022 season when he helped the Phillies reach the World Series, but he missed the entire 2023 season. So that's why... He is a little low. I don't know. Would you rather have Jorge Soler or Reese Hoskins? I'm still probably going to go with Soler. I like Hoskins. Go Sacramento kid. Kevin Kiermeyer. I mean, this is somebody who his bats actually heated up a little bit. We know how good he is defensively. One of the best we've ever seen. Uh, he did have a 104 OPS plus last year. He's at 13. Mitch Garver, catcher DH, is at 12. Yeah. I mean... 344 plate appearances, really nice numbers. 270 with a 500 slugging, 19 homers. I don't know. I mean, that's awfully high. J.D. Martinez at number 11 of 134 OPS plus. I mean, this is an elite bat. Saw him with the Dodgers live in person at Coors Field. He's a fucking savage. Really is. Uh, obviously one-dimensional, but he provided a two-war, just a big bat in the middle of the lineup. It's tough to gauge those guys because there's something to be said for having that power bat in the middle of your lineup that's going to produce year in and year out. Uh, the next guy here on the list is, let's see. We're at J.D. Martinez at number 11. Hold tight. Number... Where how's this thing get all screwed up? Huh. No idea. Isn't that fantastic? How that continues to happen. Let's click on this thing one more time. That's got lost. Maybe just shot it back up to the top. Is what it did. All right, let's go to number 
Let's see. 13, Teoscar Hernandez. Stats, 678 plate appearances, a 106 OPS plus. 26 homers, 93 runs driven in for the utility player for the M's. I mean, that's that's got to be some pretty big value right there. Right? Teoscar Hernandez ranks 23rd in the majors with 147 homers. And he won back-to-back silver sluggers in 2020 and 2021. He is a guy that we just don't celebrate enough. Like, we really don't. And I I apologize because I skipped a couple guys here. One of those being Lucas Giolito, who's at number 15. Yeah, this is because all of a sudden they started adding all these. Yeah, Lucas Giolito... You also have Yamamoto, but Yamamoto, I mean, this guy's got to be one. Oh, they're just ranking the players. This is ADD podcasting at its absolute best. How about Marcus Stroman? Let's see here. Marcus Stroman, 27 games, 25 games started, 10 and 9 with a 3 9 5. ERA a 1.26 whip had a fantastic 1.6 war. Uh, the next guy here is Matt Chapman. He's going to be a huge sign for anybody who can get him. He's ranked number eight in the top 100, an elite defensive third baseman, one of the best we've ever seen. 30 homer power. Last year he had a 4.4 war. Really came on late, hit 240, but he's not going to hit for a high average, never has. Had 17 homers, 58 extra base hits, though. So a ton of extra base hits for Matt Chapman. Number seven is, let's see here, it's Jordan Montgomery. He bolstered his free agency stock by posting a 279 ERA and a 1.09 whip, 67 in his pitch over 11 starts with the Rangers after he was acquired at the deadline. He pitched for both the Cardinals and the Yankees as well. Talk about it, guys. His stocks shot through the roof with his postseason performance. You have number six, Josh Hader. 61 games, 33 saves, 1.28 ERA. Throws well over 100 miles per hour. A 1.1 whip. 13.6 Ks per nine. Number five, Cody Bellinger. 133 OPS plus, 307, 356, 525 on the slash line. 26 homers. Completely reinvented himself. Number four, Blake Snell. 14 and nine, 225 ERA. Cy Young Award winner. What more do you need to know? Blake Snell is that fucking good. All right. So this is where the rankings got screwed up. Because this is number two. Yamamoto. Yoshinobu Yamamoto. And obviously it was Otani who was number one. But these are the guys that are still left. Yamamoto had a 17 and 6 record, 1.16 ERA, 0.86 whip, 28 walks, 176 Ks, and 171 innings pitched. If I'm a team, I still would much rather go after Blake Snell. Thrill and I talked about that last night. And just the reason being, if you're the Giants and you're chasing two pitchers and you have one that's going to command $300 million and you have another that probably is going to be in the $200 million range, why would you not go after the $200 million pitcher that has proven himself at the big league level, who has played in the NOS and had success in the NOS and actually also played for the fucking manager that you guys just hired. Unless Bob Melvin, for whatever reason, knows something we don't. Blake Snell needs to be the guy that they go after. So there's the discombobulated free agent list. Top 25 dudes still remaining on the market. Baltimore Ravens at the San Francisco 49ers. 
We got predictions, picks, and odds for the Week 16 game. The Ravens are riding a four-game win streak after beating the Jacksonville Jaguars 23-7 to on the road in prime time. And the Jags just look horrific. That was my big takeaway from there. MVP candidate Christian McCaffrey has powered the Niners to six straight wins. He scored seven touchdowns in that period, including three in last week's 45-29 dismantling of the Arizona Cardinals. Brock Purdy threw four touchdowns for the third time this season. And McCaffrey, by the way, leads the league with 1,292 rushing yards. Now, will the 49ers keep it rolling at home, or will Jackson, that's Lamar Jackson, surge his team to another road victories? Here's the line for the game. The 49ers are favorites to defeat the Ravens, according to BetMGM odds. It's San Francisco minus five and a half. I guess four yesterday. Five and a half seems like the right number. It's just that if the Niners offense gets rolling, they can win by two touchdowns. Easy, maybe three. Ravens defense, good. The, the Niners on the money line are minus 225. I like that play. Then you don't have to worry about the points. The Ravens plus 185. And then the over-under for this game. It's a relatively robust 46.5. Both teams have good defenses and both teams can score. So something's got to give at this point. Uh, here's some guesses from the top experts. Lorenzo Reyes says Niners 28, Ravens 20. Tyler Dragon says Niners 24, Ravens 23. That's why we would take the Niners on the money line. Safid Dean says Niners 30, Ravens 17. Victoria Hernandez says Niners 27, Ravens 24. And then Jordan Mendoza says Niners 30 and Ravens 24. So every one of the experts likes the San Francisco 49ers in this Sunday's contest. Jerry Rice came out, by the way, and he explained why he wants CMC to break his 49ers touchdown record. Says here, Jerry Rice did a bunch of records during his illustrious NFL career, but one of the all-time milestones is it's in jeopardy of being broken by a current member of the Niners. Christian McCaffrey scored 20 touchdowns during the 2023 NFL season, just too shy of the 49ers single-season franchise record of 22 set by Rice in 1987. Rice was asked by the 49ers All-Pro linebacker Fred Warner if he wants to see the record broken during an interview on the Warner House podcast. The legendary wide receiver revealed he is rooting for McCaffrey to surpass his touchdown milestone, citing his admiration for the dynamic ability of the superstar running back Adds to the 49ers offense, quote, yes, because I believe records are meant to be broken. Russell Warner, what he brings to the table, I'm talking about from scrimmage, from rushing the ball, from catching the ball, scoring touchdowns. He does it all, man. He does it all. I make sure when I go to the ball game, I'm out on the field that I walk over and I say hello to him and just interact with the players. Records are meant to be broken. I was very fortunate to have so many great players around me. And I think the same thing is happening with McCaffrey. He's a complete ball player. Works very hard. Is very down to earth. So, okay, it's all right. See, and that's the thing. I truly feel like when it comes to the whole record-breaking thing, it's one thing if some asshole is going to take down your record. And I, I don't know. I just call it like a, a, a new way or a new fashion. Now, the touches, and remember this, that Christian McCaffrey gets as opposed to Rice, like they're not even close. I got to believe it's, I don't know if it's double, but to have the touchdown record as a receiver is way more difficult than to do it how Christian McCaffrey's done it. I'm also not going to come off the fact that I think Christian McCaffrey is the greatest football player I've ever seen. Jerry Rice remains the greatest wide receiver I've ever seen. Barry Sanders, the greatest running back I've ever seen. And Tom Brady, 
again, tip the cap as the greatest quarterback based on these seven Super Bowl championships. But when you have somebody especially that you like watching play, and obviously it sounds like Jerry does like watching McCaffrey play, I also got to believe there is a little bit of just towing the company line, right? I mean, what's he supposed to say? Yo, do you want Christian McCaffrey to break your record? Fuck no. That record's mine, bitch. Look at the way he's scoring his touchdowns. He's got to run. He's got to do this. He's got to do that. I was kidding. Like, that'd be a hard argument against. There's just no way that Jerry Rice is going to come out and, and say those things. Now, if I were just a Rice apologist and I didn't want Christian McCaffrey to break the record, that's what I would say. But I would talk about this with Troy Gloss all the time because he owns the single-season franchise record for home runs with the Angels. And every year, Otani kept creeping up, and he was about to break it. And then he would get hurt, and something would happen. And so still now, to this day, Troy holds the Angels record. But like I told Troy, I'm like, dude, how cool is it? The only reason why I wouldn't want it broken is that every single year, just as your friend, I really enjoy hearing and Otani is about to break Troy Gloss's record. I love that. It's just you know, a little nostalgia for me. This is a buddy of his. I'm like, so it's got to be kind of cool for Troy because each year that Otani got close, once again, bottom line, scrolling, ESPN, Otani three homers away from Gloss's record, yet he never fucking got it. The funny thing is, is Ty. So Ty Gloss is one of the most competitive kids that I ever coached is Troy's son, 12 years old. And I asked Ty, I said, Ty, what, like, you want Otani to break your dad's record? He's like, no. I loved it. That's the one who could, who could really, really root. I'll say against Otani, but DC he's rooting for his dad's record to be preserved. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, Mike McDaniel, special article here for him. Giuseppe Pepe Manuele, the big Dolphins fan. Uh, he had a message for the media. The Dolphins head coach, Mike McDaniel, says he isn't concerned about any narratives that his team can't beat high-quality opponents. The Dolphins are 10-4, and but they're 0-3 against teams that currently have winning records. Asked today about facing questions regarding the Dolphins' ability to beat a good team ahead of Sunday's game against the Cowboys, McDaniel said he's concerned only about the Cowboys and not the question. So here's the quote from McDaniels. This is fascinating. I instructed the players that anything other than concerning yourself with the next opponent, which for us is the Dallas Cowboys, any other narrative that has to do with good teams or playoff seeds or the next three games, all that stuff. I gave them the clearance to tell all members of the media to, with all due respect, fuck off, with all due respect. You can say with all due respect however many times you want, Mike. But when you say fuck off, you know what that means? Fuck off. There's no other way to put it. A little unprofessional, I would say. They're going to field questions about their lack of success against good teams. It's just going to happen. And instead of running away from it and having this black cloud hanging over your head that everybody's trying to ignore as the elephant in the room, address it. Look, we've been great against teams we should beat. But we haven't played our best football against some of the better teams in the NFL. If we want to have success for the rest of the season, and obviously in the postseason, we have got to start playing better football against the better teams. I look forward to the challenge on Sunday against one of the very best teams in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys. What's so hard with saying that? Just pretty fucking easy 
if you ask me, all this is going to do is create a complete and total shitstorm in the locker room and amongst media members. It's not a not a great idea. I like where he was going with it. And he's a, a very eccentric character. I, I watched this whole thing, you know, the, how he dreamed of one day. First, it was playing in the NFL that he realized he was too small. Then it was coaching the NFL. And I don't know if he was a ball boy for the Broncos or whatever it was. He's got a fascinating story. But he's always just been obsessed with being in the NFL. And he, he's done a terrific job. There's no other way to put it. Okay. Matt Hasselbeck and Elizabeth Hasselbeck have a son, Henry. And why should this matter to anybody? Henry just committed to UCLA to play quarterback. Henry Hasselbeck will not follow in his father's footsteps at Boston College. Hasselbeck, the son of former BC and NFL quarterback Matt Hasselbeck, announced his commitment to the UCLA Bruins on Wednesday. Actually, hold on a second. Because Tim Hasselback is the one that is married to Matt Hasselback or Elizabeth Hasselback. Is that right? I think I got that right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's okay. My agent represents Tim Hasselback, who does a great job on ESPN. I think he comes on almost every Monday night. But the guy's a savage analyst. Almost positive. He's the one who married to, married to Elizabeth. So Matt was a longtime starter for the Seattle Sea Chickens. And let's take a minute to point to the Steve Largent jersey. When we have a second, give him the appropriate love. He had high praise for Chip Kelly saying that Chip is a big reason why he ended up choosing UCLA. This does mean something, ready? Hasselbeck said the opportunity to play for head coach Chip Kelly factored into the decision. Quote, talking to him really opened my eyes to what football can be. He knows the whole language about football, and he's a great guy, first and foremost. When he came up to visit me here before my official visit, just starting a relationship with him and seeing him talk to my parents and talking to him myself, he's just a great guy. Quote, he seems like a really good coach. All his players love him. When I was out on my visit, I was asking all the guys on the team, and they had no bad words to say about him. That's big. That really is. That's why college is so important. So important to make sure you have a great relationship with your players. Your players are your best recruiting tool. They are. I mean, everywhere I went, whether it was A.J. Hinch and Todd the Rock at Stanford, it was Travis Boyd. I believe at UCLA, Dave Roberts was there. I'm trying to think who else. I mean, Gar Valone, Chad Matoyan, Zach Amarato. The list goes on and on of, of dudes. Just, they make you feel welcome. But a lot of times, and you got to be careful with this, these players will talk shit. And especially the players that aren't getting the love that they think they should be getting from their head coach. And it gets complicated. So, to have all the players say not have a bad word to say about Chip. He gets a lot of criticism. He does. There's a lot of people that were calling for his job. The new AD at UCLA decided to uh, stick with him. And this is probably one of the main reasons why. It's just, it's tough to start over like that too. It really is. All right. Lastly here on the DH. Inquiring minds wanted to know. What did Taylor Swift say when it appeared she dropped a major F-bomb during the Chiefs game on the pass interference call that was not made out there in Foxborough? Well, of course, this is going to go to a lip-reading specialist who chimes in and says, Taylor Swift took center stage on Sunday when she visited Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts for the Kansas City Chiefs game against the New England Patriots. In one instant, Swift appeared to be upset after a no flag was thrown when Chiefs star tight end Travis Kelsey fell to the ground and passed intended for him. Cameras caught Swift mouthing something while in the suite 
as her boyfriend looked for a penalty flag. At first glance, it appeared Swift mouthed an expletive or was potentially calling for a flag. The debate divided the internet over the weekend. Jeremy Freeman, a forensic expert lip reader in the UK, told Fox News Digital it wasn't exactly clear whether Swift uttered the four-letter phrase, nor was she calling for a flag. Quote, after careful examination, in my professional opinion, that Taylor Swift did not utter the expletive fuck, as has been alleged, Freeman said. This is too good. The fact we're even talking about this. The lip patterns observed do not align with this specific word. The sequence appears to begin with you, followed by a sound resembling F. However, upon closely observing her mouth movements, it seems she rolls her R. This movement does not correspond with the alleged word flag. Freeman said it appeared she was uttering one of three potential words. Frog, fry, or fruck. Given the context and her vocal expression, it is plausible that she might have altered her intended word mid-sentence, possibly upon realizing she was being observed, he added. This could result in what appears to be an incomplete or non-sensual utterance. Quote, it's important to note that without clear audio to accompany the footage, any interpretation of lip reading remains somewhat speculative. Freeman continued, however, based on my expertise in lip reading, the evidence does not support the claim that the specific offensive word was used. At least she got to see Kansas City snap his two-game losing streak, 27-17. Okay, hold on a second. I mean, as much as I appreciate Dr. Jeremy Freeman, the expert lip reader from the UK, The word that she used was not flag, was not fruck, was not muck, was not fry. It was fuck. That was the word. Whether or not your lip reading skills can figure that out, I can't help you. Now, maybe there was some slight alteration in it because, yes, she knows the cameras are on her. But that was a word she wholeheartedly intended to say. She was pissed. She felt past interference had definitely happened. (sighs) Look, bottom line is this. Taylor Swift is America's sweetheart. And she is, other than Michael Jackson, probably the most popular figure of my lifetime. To see Taylor Swift sitting up in the box, and I know it's a box, dropping F-bombs and slugging down beers is so fucking rewarding. It warms my heart to know Somebody that has that amount of fame, that amount of money, that is just that much more popular than just about any figure that that's ever lived. Like, this is one of the most famous people in history. She's literally, her star is that big. To see her acting like a normal person, we need to fucking celebrate that. That is awesome. That is absolutely everything. Okay. We are live and interactive on No Filter Network. The chat was firing away earlier. We got Michael on here. 
Yes, Michael. Good morning to you. And the Steve Largent jersey. Look at this. Second cousin of Michael. We got family members coming here. How about John Emanuel Ramos Henderson in Makati City? What's up, John? We are international once again. Amo in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Of course, you got Billy out there in Birmingham. Savannah in Savannah. I'm not kidding. You know that's the name of our social media director, too, at the Savannah Bananas. Let's say our the Savannah Bananas social media director, her name. And this is the one that's done all the great work with the bananas and it's helped them build an empire online. Her name is actually Savannah. So uh Steve in Salt Lake, uh, we appreciate you joining. You got Bob and Boise. Oh man. Debbie in Seattle. Haley out there in Spokane, the Northwest representing today. So a lot of love to each and every one of you guys. Have a fantastic Wooden Wednesday. We'll be back at you tomorrow with the Daily Hustle. And then if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, uh, YouTube, anywhere, it doesn't matter. Caffeine TV, Fubo, do us a favor, please. Leave a review. Hit five stars if you're feeling generous. It all helps. We greatly appreciate it. That's it. See ya!